Hello, beautiful women. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to the Feminine Way podcast by none other than me, Kelly Jade. The Feminine Way is here to teach you the path of the queen. It is here to activate you into true queenship in all areas of your life. As a feminine leadership guide and women's self-mastery coach and trainer, I have over 13 years experience transforming the hearts and minds of women across the globe. And here I will teach you exactly what I teach my clients. The feminine way is for those who yearn to know who they really are beyond the mind. For the women that know deep in their heart that they are here with a big mission, where they can weave their unique gifts into existence with great depth and devotion while honoring their true capacity and self. It is for the women that are deeply craving to be their true self and to know who you are with absolute cellular certainty and authority while building a world-class inner world. In each episode, I will bring you a guest or a transmission that will help you come home to the highest version of your leadership by stepping into your soul signature mission and gifts and embodying your true feminine magic. My hope is that these conversations will spark something within you that lights a fire for you to rise up into your true capacity as a woman and leader. I will often share my mindset and practices as tools for your liberation and as an access point to meet your inner queen. It's time to honor your unique brilliance, the gifts placed in your heart and be free to lead in all your power, glory and grace. Let's go queens. I have such an exciting episode for you today. Laura Larios is the founder and CEO of a highly sought after consulting and coaching brand that delivers world-class neurological fitness for high growth, high performers in the corporate and entrepreneurial industries. Laura is Silicon Valley's top go-to neurological fitness coaches and she is an advisor and nervous system consultant for two biofeedback driven technology firms. Laura's training is in polyvagal theory, neuroplasticity, somatic experiencing, clinical mindfulness and neuroscience. This was such a powerful conversation with Laura and I'm really excited to bring it to you today. So get comfortable and enjoy. Okay. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the Feminine Way podcast. Hi, Kelly. It's so great to be here. I'm so excited to have you and uh, we're just having a chat prior to coming on and uh, yeah, there's so much magic that you'll share today, which I'm really excited about and I'm sure my listeners will be excited to hear from you. Well, Laura, I'd love for people to hear all about you and your magic and sort of what you're currently doing. So please, if you would like to sort of share a little bit about you and, and your work, that would be amazing. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Um, so I, I'm going to put it in the simplest terms I can is <laughs> I, I, you know, I help busy, high performing or high growth, you know, women uh, predominantly women, although I do work with some men as well with, um, anxiety and overwhelm. And I think right now we're living in times where there's just a lot, there's a lot going on. Everything's very fast paced and technology and 
our families and our careers. And we're, you know, women, we're trying to balance it all and kind of do it all. And so there's definitely a lot of overwhelm and anxiety that comes that, that, that's happening. And so my magic, so to speak, is helping these, these high growth women who have high ambitions for themselves and their families to actually be able to have the capacity within their body and their mind. So they don't go into like consistent overwhelm and anxiety. So basically they don't burn out. And I do that through the nervous system. Amazing. It's definitely a, a problem. I'm hearing a lot from my clients and leading busy lives, leading their yeah. families. It's um, even in the current climate, it's just a it it's causing a lot more anxiety than than what it used to. So yeah. yeah. And, um, for those of you who are probably like listeners that may have not have heard about the term nervous system before. Mm-hmm. Um, can you maybe give a bit of an overview about how our body um, regulates and, and talk up to the nervous system? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the part of the nervous system I address with my clients is what's called the autonomic nervous system, so the ANS. And so when we're looking at autonomic, we're, we're thinking automatic. Um, so it's the, it's the nervous system. It's, it's what controls your breathing rate, your heart rate, um, your digestion, your, your thoughts, actually, they're finding your studies that are showing that how you think is very connected to your autonomic nervous system. So it's really what, it's what's kept us alive all the, all these years. And it's responsible for, I think what was your um, audience might've heard before, like fight or flight response, um, a freeze response or a shutdown dorsal vagal response. And so the autonomic nervous system has these hierarchical states. And if you think about it in terms of a ladder, the top of the ladder would be your ventral vagal, which is what where you feel connected and at peace, you feel safe, you feel creative and innovative when you're in this state. Um, it's easy for you to connect and to, um, make decisions. And then you go like further down the ladder and you're like in a fight or flight response where you feel that impulsivity and racing heart and maybe your, your breathing is shallow. Everything feels very urgent in this state. Um, and then you go a little bit further down the ladder and you're like in a freeze response, you know, where it's like, I have to, but then you don't feel like you have the energy to act on all these, these, uh, I must do this, but I, you don't feel like you can. That's that kind of stuck energy. And then you go even further down the ladder and now you're like in a dorsal vagal, like shutdown where you feel numbness and kind of fogginess and apathy. Um, maybe even sense of hopelessness starts to happen when you're in that state. So that's generally when you're really looking at burned out is when you, you reach like the bottom of the ladder, so to speak. And so all of these states though, we need all these states. So none of them are bad. The issue with what I work with my clients on is helping them to not chronically live in these survival states. We're supposed to spend the predominant amount of time at the top of the ladder, Mm -hmm. which is the ventral vagal state. And then the rest of the time, maybe only like you know, 20, or we were designed to only be in these other states, like 20, 30 minutes at most yes. um, to deal with the threat and then come back into that sense of safety in, in the nervous system. Okay, fantastic. So there's a lot there, isn't it? Like for people to kind of go, our, the, our obviously various states impact how we work, how we lead, how we parent and everything. And yeah. I think the it's becoming a hot topic in the entrepreneurial space. And I guess, what would you say that the, the biggest impact of a dysregulated nervous system would be on, on the body and the brain? What have you seen 
as mm. negative impacts to people? Well, yeah, there, you know, there's several and there's, like I said, there's steps with this. So usually, you know, for a while you can operate in this fight or flight response or what's also called hypoarousal, where you can just go, 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 you know, you, you're, um, it's hard for you to slow down. There's a lot of adrenaline and you're probably getting, you're even getting a lot done. You know, there's a lot that falls in the air and you're, you're juggling them all. But then at some point, you know, the system can only kind of go that like hit the gas for that long. <laughs> and then eventually it's going to, okay, we need, we know we're going to slow you down, so to speak. Um, and so this is where I'm seeing some of the things I see coming up are, um, well, so some, I'll give you some symptoms of nervous system dysregulation and how they, how they tend to show up. So things like perfectionism. So having a lot of thoughts such as I must not mess this up, this, that's a, that's a sign of nervous system dysregulation uh, that, that's happening. And I see that a lot in a lot of um, high growth entrepreneurs and in the corporate space as well, this perfectionism. Um, also, there's this element to no matter how much money or success you have, it never feels like enough. You just, you keep, you keep hustling for more mm -hmm. and you never really can stay in the present moment and be satiated. There, there's a sense that I have to keep, I have to keep going. Um, or this fear that the money's going to dry up or the success is going to end, so to speak. And so that's a sign of nervous system dysregulation as well. Um, waking up in the middle of the night um, with a kind of feeling of anxiety or lots of thoughts in the mind, maybe thinking about work, thinking about your family. Mm -hmm. um, I used to see it showing up in ways like you can endure these like high pressure situations and environments. Um, a lot of the clients I work with are really good at that, but then in private, they're breaking down. Like there's, you know, <laughs> on the outside, it looks very, like, very like confident and calm and together to their team, to, you know, um, clients, but then behind the scenes, there's a lot of like anxiety, overwhelm, uh, mm -hmm. just, yeah, those kinds of things. And, and another thing I see too is procrastination, like leaving projects or leaving things all the way into the very last moment when the pressure is high. Um, so again, like kind of almost the nervous system seeking out that adrenaline and that like, you know, crunchness or crunch time and urgency. Yeah. Yes. I see a lot of that too, actually, a lot of perfectionism and the, um, the, the feeling of that there's almost like a, in, in, in my clients, I, I'll see perhaps they're, they're a little bit um, edgy or perhaps maybe they're a little bit jittery, but they, it's almost like a, it, it is a, a sense of anxiety, a sense of pressure, something overhanging, <laughs> something overhanging over them as well. And I always say to them that their, their, their bodies is not capable of holding so much pressure for them to yeah. keep on performing Yes. And it's a, it's a, it's a matter of being conscious of that, isn't it? So, yeah. Do you see a lot of, uh, do you see a lot of your clients once they they become a lot more present in their body that they can mm -hmm. start picking up symptoms that their nervous system isn't maybe doing what it should be in certain situations Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a skill and it's a language that most of us weren't taught, right. To, to notice and to pay attention because our body's giving us these signs all the time. We're just not tuned into it and we're disconnected. And, and the reason we disconnected is because for, you know, various, there's various reasons for why, but 
predominantly it was because we weren't taught, no one mirrored that to us growing up. And, you know, our parents maybe were very disconnected from, from their bodies as well. And, yeah. and, or there was a lot of like needing to push forward. So if there was something uncomfortable that was coming up, it was a lot of just like, oh, just keep, keep going, keep moving. And so that you kind of like had to numb or suppress what was there or what you were feeling or experiencing. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I feel like once they start to grow and it's a gradual process of coming into the body, where they can then yeah, start to notice some of these signs and signals of what their, what their nervous system and what their body is telling them that, that they need. Yeah. Definitely. And I know we, we touched on prior to starting it officially, <laughs> we were talking a little bit about meditation and um, mm. it's, it's interesting because uh, I have never meditated myself. I've never really sat down and fully loved meditation and I one of the practices that I um I have done it in the past meditation but I've never mm. sat there for an hour and I could just never do that my body just wasn't capable of well it's capable but I just didn't love it so I didn't choose to do it but one of the things that I find for me is like movement and 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 dancing and like moving mm. emotions out of my body and and that has helped me so much for my nervous system what can yeah. is do you find that obviously like with anxiety and perhaps other elements of um unregulated um nervous system do you find that movement helps and it's something that you would recommend for people to do yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when we're talking about anxiety or we're talking about a sense of urgency, that, that's all mobilizing energy. That 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 is that energy that wants to move. So yes, oftentimes, depending again, like assessing the state of someone's system, even actually, even if they're in shutdown, we want to create a little bit of mobility because they're they're shut down, right? So you want to kind of so when you're in hyper arousal, that fight or flight, you want to add in a little bit of break. Yes. And then when you're in shutdown, you want to add a little gas, like upregulate the system. So uh, working with like moving the body in some capacity absolutely is very helpful for both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And the other piece of this too, with my clients is, you know, cause not everybody can get up and dance when they're at the office or, you know, express what they're feeling in that moment. So yeah. the, the, that's great. I mean, that would, you know, ideally like, yeah, you have, you're at home and you have that time and that space to like, you know, kind of explore and move a little bit. But a lot of the work that I do with my clients um, does involve some movement with the body, but it also involves direct signals that we can send to the brainstem, to the amygdala, because oftentimes too, what's happening is the amygdala is overfiring this threat response. Mm -hmm. And that's when we're feeling all this anxiety and racing thoughts and doesn't like that this feeling of urgency and I'm not going to, I can't catch up or I can't do all the things. Mm -hmm. And so we want to send some new signals to the, you know, just so it's not overfiring as much. And so I have some techniques that I share with my clients that like they can do at their desk mm -hmm. um, or standing up. Doesn't have to be just seated, seating down, but like, it's a, it's very, subtle, like now we would know you're doing it and you're sending that direct signal to the amygdala and it's helping to, to down-regulate a little bit of the system if it's like really in that hypo-arousal, which most people I think are living in. Um, and also it's, and, and it helps to shift in like three minutes or less. And so for also a lot of my clients, they don't have a lot of 
time. They're, they're, you know, they're at work all day, then they got their kids when they come home. And so there's not always a lot of time and space to go into a separate room and like do a whole practice um, every time. So that's why the, the tools I give my clients are like very proactive, very simple things that literally they can do at work that take three minutes or less, which is just really, really helpful. Amazing. Definitely for families or busy parents that have kids and entrepreneurs that that's a great amount of time to be able to and you're right not everybody has the ability to dance in their office I mean I can imagine that in the corporate world if there was someone doing that yeah. you definitely pick things up <laughs> and even like in in terms of uh the you've just brought up a really interesting point that I wanted to share as well that the the state of being as as a parent and how it impacts those around you especially your children and if you have a a team if you're managing a team whether you're in corporate or an entrepreneur you have a team and they're working closely with you they're going to feel your energy and they're going to react accordingly right Mm -hmm. yep so can we can you talk a little bit about um, magnetism and the nervous system? Because I find that my ability to parent, I have two girls. Mm. I have a, a five-year-old and an 11-month-old. Mm. And it's they're both high energy. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm a, I've always been a, a sort of calm personality and they they're high energy, but I noticed that when I'm a lot calmer, when I'm much more relaxed, their energy is completely mirrored to mine. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's made me be much more conscious of my nervous system and how I am reacting, whether I'm in a hyperarousal state or maybe I need more energy and I need to sort yeah. of balance that out. And it's just it's it's a really interesting concept so I'd love for you to talk to that if if you could around the role of magnetism in in that Uh, yeah absolutely I mean you just said the perfect word which is mirror so our nervous systems mirror each other we're social beings we're social creatures and so how we wire is based on who we who is in our environment who are our intimate relationships so whether that the beginning that was in our childhood was most likely our caretakers our parents we wired to how they're nervous systems were and how they responded. And, and then later on, then we go into like jobs and we said we have teams or then we have children. And so how our nervous system, our state of our system is also mirroring to those around us, to our clients, to our team. So if you're in a leadership position, yeah, everyone who you're working with is picking up on the state of your system. You're giving all these unconscious cues that their system is also picking up on to establish whether or not you're a threat or you're not and to go in and even to um like let's say for example you're in a very like hyper aroused like fight or flight response and you're talking really fast and you're not taking deep breaths and again it's very unconscious it's not it's automatic you're not necessarily thinking about it and then so maybe your team or your or your kids like are, are, are picking their nervous systems are picking up on that and they'll begin to mirror to that. So then they'll start to respond in a fight or flight response, or they might move to a freeze response, depending on the intensity of what is going on. Um, 
so yeah, absolutely. We, we mirror to one another. So when you're in more an eventual state, when you're at the top of the ladder, like I talked about at the beginning mm-hmm. and you're able to be more present, your breathing rate is, um, you're not breathing as shallowly. You're taking fuller breaths. Um, your, your, your prefrontal cortex is more online. So you're able to, to think like broader and more clearly and be more focused and your facial expressions change when you're more in that state, you know, your ability to, um, smile and your eyes don't dilate as, as, as much because you're not in that, like really, you know, like I said, fight or flight response, then, then the nervous systems of those around you are picking up on that as well. And then they're getting the signals of, okay, there's safety here. And then they can begin to start to move into a little more of that, that ventral as well. Yes, I love that. And the, the safety place, the, the, that feeling of safety. Mm. Actually, the as I was we were chatting a bit earlier about how I was, I was recently running a program about around resilience for mm. for a group, and a big part of that was creating safety in their in their teams in their leadership and how they can create safety in their leadership and the I guess from from your work and and what you've seen how can especially female leaders um, and male I'm similar to you I have a small (laughs) of male clients as well yeah (laughs) How, how do you think a leader can create safety for for themselves and and their teams yeah that's a great question so it really starts with you first so you have to experience that sense of safety first within yourself before it can be sort of mirrored out to those around you so first we have to get a context or a a mapping of what that even feels like for you in your body and your nervous system. So this is why I like to work with a lot of leaders and companies because I know they have teams and then that kind of is a ripple effect that starts to happen when they're able to actually experience what that even feels like on their, in their body to be in that ventral state, to be present. Um, And so I would say start, technically it starts there, but if you haven't gone into all the nervous system work. I think the first thing is to, um, yeah, I, I, well, that's really such a big piece of it. It's like kind of just recognize where does your story, where do you tend to go? Like, if you want to create safety, I think the first thing you'll maybe recognize it when I'm in, for example, meetings with my clients or my team, like where does my nervous system tend to go? So kind of just getting familiar, like, is my home away from home state more fight or flight? Like I tend to notice more of that urgency or I'm speaking really fast or I'm not taking full breath. So just kind of just engaging. Do I tend to be more on the kind of like, like low energy, like really apathetic. I feel kind of numb going into these meetings with my team. Like it's hard for me to concentrate and like put things together Mm -hmm. and then just kind of recognize where you are in terms of mapping that. And then once you know where you go or kind of where that state is in this situation, for example, then looking at, you know, um, different exercises that can begin to work with your system in that state. Yes. Um, and that's really how you begin to create more of the safety because you can go in with all the intention of creating like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to really listen and I'm going to, you know, try to speak in a lower tone of voice or, you know, like different things that we can learn and can, we can be intentional with, yeah. but really it's a felt thing. It's, it's a, so you can be trying all of those things, but if you're not, your nervous system's not reflecting that to, or mirroring that to others, 
it's yeah. not gonna it's not gonna translate <laughs> yeah. and that that's it, it's just such an important element isn't it um, yeah and it, one of the things that I loved I I saw a post of yours on Instagram and I thought we need to talk about this today, which was <laughs> um, your nervous system is your superpower. I, and I think the just um, before we go into that, actually, I wanted to speak to the the fact that when, when I see leaders that are, are more being their true self, they're, they're, they're not sort of wearing a mask they're they're being their true self in in all areas of their work they tend to be so much more regulated and less anxious because they're just showing up as them right mm -hmm. yes. um, so but actually let's let's go to let's let's talk on the identity piece before we go into the superpower because it is a superpower and I think there might be some <laughs> juicy things to talk about with that but with the identity piece and leaders being their true self and the impact of their nervous system on on that can we talk a little bit about that yeah absolutely I love this so um yeah I hear a lot of this talk to you in the entrepreneurial space about really being your true self and how being more of your true authentic self is going to create more peace and more ease maybe more wealth you know all these different things that can happen by being your authentic self and I want to add to that, it really does start with the nervous system because the nervous system, you have to first, again, feel that sense of safety. Uh, you have to have that mapping within your, your brain and in your body that, that then gives you that foundation to then be able to then like speak, you know, about something that's really important to you that is of your highest value without feeling like, um, yeah, you're unsafe to do that. Like it's, it's, you become more your authentic self or be able to, to express more of your authentic self when you have that wiring of, of safety in your, in your nervous system. Yeah. So I really, again, it kind of starts there. It's like the nervous system is the foundation for which all the other systems, so to speak, work. And so when people talk about being more your authentic self, it does start to happen more and more because you, um, you have the structure and the foundation set now within your body and your brain um, so that when stress or triggers arise from being your authentic self, because there's, you know, generally speaking, when that starts to happen too, that sometimes not everyone's going to agree or not everyone's going to like it. Mm -hmm. And so this is where like, the nervous system going again, like tries to protect you from all of that. So we have these different coping mechanisms for, so that we don't get, feel rejection or we don't get criticized or we don't feel shame. Mm -hmm. And so but when you have the capacity then your system though, to know if that happens, you know, you can then come back into that state of like, you know, um, the ventral state, more of that sense of ease and stability, um, that's an anchoring place for you, right? It doesn't feel so much like, oh, I, I, I can't be myself because if I am myself and then it's not like a trigger happens or someone doesn't understand what I'm saying, then you kind of go into the spiral. So it's really, it's like that, that's the foundational piece to bring more of your authentic self forward. Yeah, I love that. And I love the fact it's so true, isn't it? That the minute you decide to become your true self in all areas of, of your work and, and how you shop, is that initial uh obviously a lot of people won't like what you have to say, um, or they may disagree, which causes potentially initial anxiety. But once it's all anchored into your body and yeah 
you have that feeling of safety, then it, it becomes that safe space for you to share and you, you're, feeling, you're feeling so much more solid within yourself and then those feelings dissipate. So it's, a, it's an initial, perhaps an initial shock, isn't it? But then it kind of follows <laughs> out once, once you've anchored into you, yourself again. So. Yes, absolutely. And one thing I'll share about that too is that so when your nervous system becomes more regulated or you're able to spend more time at the top of the ladder, more of that ventral vagal state, again, not all the, we're not going to be in 24 seven, but like predominantly that's where we are sense of safety, then more of your prefrontal cortex is going to come online. And this is where we think critically. This is where our creative ideas come from. This is our innovative ideas because when we're in a survival state, our brain is going, we're going to conserve energy. We don't need this online right now because we need to get away from the threat. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes for a lot of my clients, they don't even know what truly a lot, like what is their values or what it is they even like, what is their full authentic self on some level because they've lived in this survival state for so long. Mm-hmm. And it's not until we begin to shift them out of that response, that chronic response, that then that other parts of their brain starts to come online where it's like, oh, I didn't even know I had this sort of creative ability or the the innovative thoughts and ideas that start to come forth and the connections that start to get made to things. And then also they feel that anchoring to be able to actually safely express it. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting you mentioned the values piece because one of the when I go into the identity work with my clients, we, I always do some values work with them. And it's, it's something that we forget to look at. We may unconsciously have an idea of what our values are. And, but then when we sit down and we actually make the space to do that, then a lot of the time it's the the results are surprising to people because they haven't, sat and and realized that but then the benefits from understanding and then living and breathing those values as part of who they are and in their leadership becomes really powerful and then Mm -hmm. I do see a a calming sort of influence over them once they are aware of who they really are and and how they lead and it does obviously I don't go into the nervous system Um, I have a general understanding but I'm definitely not an expert as as you are but I know the influence on it <laughs> it's, it can make a big impact when they when they truly know what they're what they're living as every single day and 100 percent yeah so. it's, an, it, it's an anchor right mm-hmm. it's, it's it's something to anchor to and I think for a lot of the leaders I've met they they they, they haven't really had an anchor it, it's been more of a story of make as much money as you can, climb the ladder as, as fast as you can. Again, it's sort of like this race that they're in, this endless race though, because they never feel finished. Yes. And, and you're just like constantly moving to the point where there's no sense of like an actual anchor or stability. Yeah. And your values give you a place to anchor to. And when you can feel that anchor, it's like suddenly things like get so much clearer and like you said, you can lead so much better and, and you, and you just have this more of a sense of, um, like you said, who you are and how to really, you know, um, hold others as well. Yes. I've just remembered something that has come up and I, I feel that it's relevant to chat about today, but 
well, entrepreneurs um, and even other leaders in, in organisations, when they have been pushing for so long and I'm talking like could be years and, and as you mentioned, they feel like they're never finished, I often sometimes find that they become or they feel that they're unaligned with what they're doing or perhaps they're they're not loving what they're doing anymore but it's that that feeling of being burnt out that is causing that and then when you see perhaps it may not be that they don't love what they're doing they just have their their body's just all out of whack and that's the thought so as you mentioned the thoughts that they Mm. do you see that a lot in your clients as well or have you seen that yeah, well, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this pattern of, like I said, going, 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 achieving, achieving, next success, whatever, next amount of money. Um, yeah. There's the high performance, the high, like I said, high achieving type things. And, it, and there comes a point, though, where the nervous system kind of goes, okay, we don't, we, you know, we can't really keep at this pace anymore. So it starts to be in more of, it goes, starts to go down the ladder. So we are, we're in the fight or flight, maybe you've been in there for years and you've been very, again, successful at that and creating lots of things in your life from that energy because it's a mobilizing energy, mm-hmm. but then eventually you're going to, there, there's almost so much gas in the tank, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you're going to start the nervous system and the brain are going to go, okay, we're going to need to start conserving energy. Mm-hmm. So we're going to move you into a freeze response. And this is where I start to meet my clients is right around the high functioning freeze response where they're feeling this sense of like, I'm tired, but wired. And they're starting to feel like they can't quite go at the pace they were going anymore. And it's actually kind of scary because they don't know what to do with that because <laughs> they've only gone at one, one gear their whole life. So it's like, I don't know what other gear to go to. So, mm-hmm. and then, and then they kind of know they're sensing on a deeper level that the next step is going to be like, I'm going to be like, kind of like burnt out, like really, like my body's going to really start to give me other signs and signals that, I, you know, I, I won't be able to keep going and I'm going to be more in that, that shutdown. Yeah. So absolutely. There's a, there is this, it has more to do with the nervous system state um, and helping to support your system so that you can begin because you can still have success and you could still have, you know, make, make good money, but not from this place of this fight or flight energy, which in the end is going to, like I said, lead you to some really, you know, things you don't want in terms of burnout and maybe even having to leave your job for a period of time, people taking breaks or, and, or leaving the job thinking I have to quit because, you know, I'm just, there's just, I can't handle this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And on one level, that's kind of true because you can't go at the same pace you were going anymore. You can't keep operating from that nervous system state, but maybe you just, your nervous system just needs some support in order to begin to learn how to operate more from the ventral state, more of the sense of peace and and presence and um, capacity within your system um, and then you find that, oh, actually, you know, I still do like my job or I still really do like being here. It really had to do with the fact that I was running on fumes. Yes. Wow. The, the, I, gosh, I, I see so many of my clients have a lot of coffee as a, to mm. keep fueling their themselves. And as someone who used to have two cups a day and then suddenly needed to stop I had the flu probably about two months ago and I just Mm. feel like caffeine for a week and then I realized I didn't miss it so I've haven't had 
caffeine for a couple of months and I've realized my levels of anxiety or I felt like I was I think I was wide and I didn't realize because I was having maybe one two a day Mm -hmm. and my nervous system now feels so much calmer it was pretty good so I thought until I stopped caffeine and then I realized hang on I feel like a different woman now (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah had no idea the impact of caffeine on my body until I've stopped Mm. so do you I guess the talking about like stimulants and caffeine and and those things they they really can amp up that hyperarousal can't they it's 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 incredibly um maybe not so powerfully in a good way (laughs) yeah can you talk about that the stimulants on your body and how it impacts your nervous system yeah that's a great caffeine's a yeah it's a big one and I guess most of my clients you know usually have some form of of caffeine to kind of get jump start them in the morning right because they're waking up feeling tired and so they they want to get something to get them going so they can get to work and you know manage the kids and you know all the things mm-hmm. however you know it's again the, the sign of the tiredness is your first sign. Like, why are you so tired? That's the first question to kind of ask yourself. And also or at the middle of the day, like at two or three in the afternoon, you're hitting that slump and you're like, okay, now I want another cup of coffee, or maybe I want sugar or something to kind of perk you back up again. Mm-hmm. And so that slump in the day, you know, that that's a sign a little bit of your, of your again, like that this, um, there's a little bit of that nervous system dysregulation where because what the caffeine is doing is yes, it's amping you up. It's giving you energy, but it also takes energy. So it's not free energy. People think that drinking caffeine is giving them something for free and it's not free. It takes two. So, so what happens with caffeine, for example, and it's various, varies from person to person and how they ingest caffeine and things like that and what dosage they're, they're taking, but it, in general, what's happening is a spike of adrenaline. And so you're getting that, you're getting that initial sort of rush of that stress, chem, that chemistry in your body, but then there's going, eventually going to be a crash. And also over time too, your system gets kind of used to it. And then, so you need kind of more and more in order to keep the system. Like people say, oh, I've been drinking coffee for years. I don't even feel the kick anymore. And it's like, well, that's because now your system has become sort of used to these high levels, so to speak, higher levels of stress chemistry. So, and the other thing I'll say about caffeine is, um, to Kelly is that, so it's, it's triggering a little bit of a survival response in your body. So yes, when you're drinking caffeine, it's giving you some energy, it's fueling, giving you that shot of adrenaline, Mm -hmm. but it's, what's also happening though, when that's when that response starts to kick into your body, it's yeah. shutting off parts again of your prefrontal cortex. So it's, it's going to be more challenging for you to think in the big picture for you to be more innovative and creative um, because it's signaling to the body when the caffeine hits the system, uh, the nervous system, it's saying, Oh, we're going into a survival response. Yes. So that's, there's a, there's just that biochemical biochemical reason for why caffeine isn't always the most beneficial for you, especially if you have a job where you need to be thinking creatively and innovatively and, you know, critically thinking, and especially for long periods of time, the caffeine is actually not serving you in that sense. Yes, definitely. No, I wanted to bring that up because I, I thought how, how, how much of an impact I had no idea it was 
until I had stopped it and it had become a habit I didn't realize I needed it it had become more of a habit though I feel and having two little ones high energy I thought yep maybe it's helping and then I've realized now how it was probably hindering more in my circumstances anyway. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's fascinating. But Laura, I'd love to go back to what I mentioned before I diverted back <laughs> around the nervous system being your superpower. And I resonated with that statement so much when I saw that on your Instagram and Gosh, you need to go and follow Laura on Instagram if you are not already. Your work is amazing. Um, so let's talk about our nervous system being our superpower and, um, and how it's the foundation really of, of everything. Yeah, no, thank you. That was a, yeah, that was a post that a lot of people really um, resonated with and I was really excited to see that. So what I mean by it's your superpower. So like some of the things we've already been discussing today, right? Like your, your nervous system affects other people. It, it, it has a mirror effect. So whatever state you're in, you're walking into a room and without even having to say much, like people are going to feel that, that this energy or this resonance from you from the state of your system. And I think we've all experienced this on some level where you, you meet somebody and you just, you just automatically you're kind of leaning into it more of what they're saying. You're not on guard. You're not overthinking around this person. You just, you feel a sense of, again, safety within like this person's energy. It's a superpower to be able to have that effect on people. And this goes, so if you're in a meeting with investors, if you're um, talking with clients, if you're with your children, like that all has a really huge effect, right? So the state of your system is really a superpower in that sense. Mm -hmm. And then it's also a superpower in terms of your ability to, like I said, be innovative, to be creative, to um, come up with solutions and to, uh, you know, just maybe to, yeah, to think a bigger picture because we can't do that without our nervous systems being um, not chronically in these survival states. Again, we need some of these survival states, but the issue is when they're chronic. Mm -hmm. So when we have, you have a, a nervous system that's more in that ventral state and you, your ability to come up with solutions. And obviously we're living in a time where we need more, <laughs> uh, you know, solutions to a lot of things that are problems that are coming up. And so the only way we're going to be able to, to do that is by having a more regulated nervous system to be able to see the bigger picture and offer the solution. So that really is, you know, a really big superpower at the, and, and to also be resilient to when stress arises and to not be, uh, to be adaptable to what is going on as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think entrepreneurs sort of needing to come up with big ideas and, and wanting to be more innovative and creative in their work. This is this is like the number one thing that they need to look at, isn't it? Because 100%. 100%. it's not yeah. much going and doing a course on innovation and it's really looking at your body and how you're you're functioning as the first step that's it exactly that that is it and and actually even for myself doing this work on for myself as an entrepreneur yes. my ability to plan for the future my ability to plan for the future of my business just like forecast out like five of course you know, we never know but it's like five years out I have a plan to know what my values are to know 
um, even to be able to see trends that are coming is it, it really a lot of that has to do with the state of your system because then these other parts of your brain start to come online and you'll be able to connect dots that before you weren't able to connect. And so my ability to be innovative and to kind of know where things are going, so to speak, on some level and to help direct that, mm. I mean, my nervous system played a huge role in being able to, to do that. So it wasn't a bunch of courses necessarily, like you said, on innovative innovation or time management. It was, those things can be helpful, but first you need to get the nervous system piece first. And so then all those things begin to really fall into place. Definitely. I, I love that. And I love the fact that it's our superpower. It's, I'm going to remember that more and more <laughs> because it's only, I, I've got some tools and how I, manage uh, myself but at the same time there's always more to learn and and more to to do and as a as a mother and a business owner and a consultant I look at my work as a as a powerful driver of change but if I can't hold myself in the capacity that I need to I'm no use for anybody really so <laughs> and that's how I always say to my clients as well that the the number one thing especially when you're in leadership is that you need to look after yourself and it's if you're not sort of doing that then it's it's really hard to to be at that level of service that you really desire to make a difference if if you're constantly wired because that's that's not the way your impact is needed on this planet <laughs> so exactly it's nice not sustainable and that's most of the time I tell my clients like maybe it's work you can work for a period of time it, it's mm-hmm. how it's working or it's you're able to you know um perform at this level but at some point it, you're going to start to experience symptoms of, of burnout and so it's not sustainable so if we're thinking long term in our businesses long term in our, our leadership positions as women or as even like I said as, as men too but like we have we have to think about this sustainability sustainability piece is the nervous system. So I love that sustainable superpower. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I just love. I'll remember that. That's true. Like the anchoring, the mirroring, the sustainability. Like all of that is the the key words that I feel people need to take away from today. Is really just understand that the it's like the mirroring piece the way if you're working with clients and they're they're seeing you on on zoom in such a virtual world even like through zoom now we're speaking on zoom the 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 ability to kind of like feel the person's energy is is there if you're conscious of it so they can really feel right and so that it's so important Um, laura i would love to know and i'm sure my clients would too my listeners that um, are listening to the feminine way. I would love to hear about how you personally rewire for success. Maybe like one or two things that you personally do. If you're happy yeah. to, <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. Um, like I said, so all the most of the tools that I I use with myself and with my clients usually are three minutes or less. Since again, you can do longer if you want, but it's helpful to know that. And the reason is helpful is because our nervous systems, especially if we, we have a lot going on, it's going to want to conserve energy. So by telling it, Oh, this, this thing is only going to take a couple of minutes as opposed to 30 minutes or an hour or whatever. Um, it's more likely 
to go along and to actually do it versus something that's going to take a lot more time and energy. So um, one of the things I like to do is first I measure my HRV in the morning. <laughs> um, that's, that's a whole nother subject, but heart rate variability is one way to sort of begin to measure your fuel tank, so to speak. Like, so we, um, it's, it's the beats in between your heartbeats is your heart rate variability and it's connected to your autonomic nervous system. So first thing in the morning, I have an app that I use that, that, that takes no wearables. Like you can just use your phone and you just put your finger over the, the camera. And in 55 seconds, it gives me my, my heart rate variability score for the day and lets me know if I'm recovery or if I'm in a maintain or if I'm in a push day. Yeah. And this is helpful, especially if you're a business owner to kind of know this, because then you can go, oh, my day is my day is a push day for me. Okay. So these are, I can start, I can have, I can do the more harder tasks today. I technically, my system has more energy, more gas in the, in the tank to do mm-hmm. than on a day I have recovery. And so you can begin to start to, um, structure your business around your nervous system versus, you know, like the other way around where you're like making, you know, pu- pushing your nervous system into, into, um, yeah. into states where it's not getting enough recovery. Um, and the second thing I do is, um, and there's a, I'll just give your, your listeners an exercise they can do while they're sitting at their desk. Um, so just sitting at your desk and, um, you're going to keep your head straight. So, and then you're going to just turn your eyes all the way to the right. And you're going to like, look in your peripheral vision here, like laterally, mm-hmm. and you're going to hold this for about 30 seconds. And you know, what you're looking for is like a little bit of a deep, like more of a swallow, more saliva in the mouth, maybe a deeper breath happens, your shoulders drop a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to do the same thing on the other side. You're going to turn your eyes all the way to the left for like 30, around 30 seconds, just looking for that little bit of like that shift of saliva or breath um, deepening. And what this is doing, this lateral eye movement is literally signaling to your amygdala, to your brainstem that you're not in danger. Mm-hmm. So the system begins to uh, downregulate a little bit. So if you're more in that hyper aroused, like fight or flight energy, this is really good because it'll start to like slowly apply a little bit of the, the break. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're only looking for like a one or 2% shift. You're not looking for something like, Oh, now I feel super calm. It's like super chill. It's like, I feel a little bit less of that, like urgency and like racing thought. My thoughts are a little slower now after doing that, like literally takes you like a minute to do. Wow. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I will try that after this. And I love the, the heart rate variable as well. So is that an app that you get? Because yes. Familiar. Like I, I do a lot of work with the heart intelligence through heart math. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they've got some really incredible tools there. Um, so it's, it's really, it's a, that's a great one too, to sort of manage your emotion, sort of build, like manage your business and your tasks around your heart rate variable and, and how much energy you have. That's so powerful. So powerful. My whole business has changed by, by it also, because I'm in tandem, I'm using ways of working with my nervous system where I can begin to increase my heart variability score. Meaning so the, the larger, the bigger the score, so to speak, means the more resilient you are to, to stress. And so, and then also working, like knowing like, okay, I, um, I'm in more of a recovery day today. So today is not the day maybe I'm where I'm going to like throw a lot on my plate in terms of like extra tasks or, um, you know, a lot of 
emails or, you know, if I can, maybe hopefully not too many meetings. I know sometimes we have these things planned out ahead of time, but it's like beginning to think more in that mindset of structuring your business around your nervous system versus the other way, kind of other way around. Um, it's super powerful. Yeah. It's an app. I can share the link with your listeners if they're interested, they can try it for a month. They can sign up for the year or for the month, whatever they want to do. And it's just a way to begin to also, when you start, my clients love it because the exercise I'm giving them, they can actually track and quantify the results they're getting in our work together. Cause they start to see the score improving. They start to see, um, like, again, like the data is showing that, um, that there's more resilience in the system. So. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. I would love if you could share the link with them. Yeah, absolutely. I myself will be really interested. Anna, you're probably familiar with human design. Are you mm. human design? Yes. I'm a projector in human design. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I do find that it's useful to sort of be in in the in the way that projectors are designed to 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 live I've sort of designed a lot around that and it it does work for me so I'd be interested to like see how my heart rate variable (laughs) as a as a um as a mother and and a business owner and yeah it'd be really really handy so yeah um, Laura that that's been thank you for sharing that with us that's amazing. Absolutely. And thank you so much for coming on to The Feminine Way today. I've loved every single minute of, of hearing from you and your magic, and I'm sure the listeners have as well. So, Laura, if um, obviously how can, how can we and how can my listeners, how can they, they find you and, and your work and how can, how can they work with you? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's been my honor to be here and have this conversation. I feel like I could talk about it forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this could definitely be an hour, a couple hours long podcast. So yeah, I, um, they can find me. So Instagram, Laura, Lisa Larios, I do post a lot in my stories there. Um, and you can just reach out and like, you know, ask questions. I love engaging with my community on Instagram. They can also find me on LinkedIn, um, and Laura Larios, because I also work with corporate clients. So there's two different ways I work with client or offerings that I have currently, which is there's the one-on-one support where, you know, I give you the, the neurological fitness um, sort of training and it can increase your nervous system capacity and help you to um, also you know, increase your HRV as well. And so there's that one-on-one work that I do with my clients. And then I also do uh, workshops as well. So if you have a mastermind or you work in a company right now where you think, Hey, this could be really valuable. I think this is something I want my boss to know, or I want my clients to know about. I'm, you know, I also do trainings and workshops in, in masterminds and in corporate as well. Um, so just send me a message and let me know, and we can have a chat about that as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure everybody is going to love um, hearing from you. So thank you again. Thank you, Kelly. It was my pleasure. (laughs) See you soon. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you feel even more confident within yourself and that you are one step closer to living and leading as the queen that you are. 
If you found this valuable, I would love for you to share this podcast with a friend. And please take some time to leave a five-star review as this helps the podcast become visible to more women who need this work. And make sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. I absolutely love connecting with you and answering your questions. So please send me a message. Until next time.